You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 130. And today, ladies, we are going to be talking about intermittent fasting and autophagia. So while intermittent fasting is not new, its recent high-profile exposure and success stories behind it can make it appear trendy and even faddish. Simply put, it is yet another healthy approach that you can take to having a healthier lifestyle due to today's modern living and all the temptations and pressures that we are living under. It is a way that you can just become healthier. So ladies, more and more people are trying intermittent fasting as a means of improving their health. For most, this means the end goal is to lose weight. And of course, that's okay. And intermittent fasting has proven itself successful to this end. This is a very valid reasoning because truthfully, as we know, far too many health conditions and diseases are caused and or worsened because of excess body fat. For the majority, fewer pounds means better health and intermittent fasting can help achieve this, definitely. However, it is not as widely recognized that intermittent fasting can provide other health benefits other than weight loss. So we're going to be talking about that today as well because health researchers are becoming increasingly aware of something that I've known for a long time, and a lot of us other alternative people have known for a long time, that the modern Western lifestyle impacts our bodies in many negative ways. On many levels, our bodies are overwhelmed and unable to carry out the blockage of toxins and free radicals that are, that are hit and that we build up each and every day. Unfortunately, ladies, this is because our internal resources are constantly engaged in duties relating to digestion and elimination, leaving little space for replenishment and rejuvenation. And this is where intermittent fasting can come into. One method the body uses to achieve cellular renewal is called autophagia. So today we're going to talk about the vital importance of this role called autophagia, how it's controlled, how intermittent fasting you know, can trigger autophagia and sustain autophagia for improved health, well-being, and longevity. So let's dive into the episode and hear all about some of these things. And then let's also explore in the episode, what are some other things that you can do to help autophagia, different types of intermittent fasting. And then I'm going to end with different types of foods that you can use and different things you can add in that will help you know, upscale your level of autophagia and things that you can take out or that are going to harm your efforts if you are using this method. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed this episode today and let's dive on in. Hey there, and welcome to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Broad, Millennial Women's Health Guide and Certified Women's Health Nurse Practitioner. I invite you to join me and hundreds of other women who are curious about their health, want to be their number one self-care advocate, and want to build a health portfolio that is robust enough to carry them through every facet of their lives. The Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast is the only resource you need to start, grow, or level up your health to the fullest potential. Discover why women all over the globe call the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast their go-to women's wellness hub, where we talk about women's wellness, we talk about business, life, and everything in between, all the things that pertain to us women being healthy. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community. All right. Well, welcome back, ladies, to another episode, and I hope that you've had a blessed week last week. And hope that you stayed cool if you are in those hotter areas like we are here. The temperatures have been crazy. It's like today was 110 out there. It's been hovering around 104, 110. And then last week we had a little bit of rain, you know, not like heavy rain, not 
cold rain, but just like that yucky rain that just lasts long enough to mess up your car and make everything hot and sticky. So yeah, that's been the weather out here lately. So hey, I just wanted to um, start off too by saying thank you to all of those people that um, came over and DM me over on Instagram and told me, you know, what's your favorite thing about summer? Um, what's your favorite food about summer? And answered those questions that I put in last week's episode. It was kind of fun and interesting to read some of those. And thank you so much for people who did respond because, you know, it warms my heart when you leave us a rating and review and I go over there and read it, or it warms my heart when you come over to Instagram and you, um, you know, you, you leave us a direct message or you let me know some of the answers to the questions, because then I know that you're out there and I don't feel like I'm always just sitting behind the mic talking to myself, you know, although I talk to myself a lot and I actually, you know, learn a lot <laughs> from talking to myself. Don't know if you're one of those kind of people, but hey. So anyways, let's get started, why don't we, to talking about intermittent, intermittent fasting and autophagia. Okay. So ladies, you know, if you've been trying to lose weight and I know a lot of people, you know, when it's the summertime, especially in summer, they try to lose weight or they're trying to maintain weight or, you know, they just want to look better in those swimsuits and in those, you know, skimpier clothes that we have to wear during the summertime. So a lot of people who are trying to do that, you know, may have heard about intermittent fasting, or maybe this is the first time that you're going to hear about intermittent fasting and you'll gain a little bit of knowledge. We're not going to go into the deep, dark secrets and strategy of intermittent fasting. I'm just going to give you like intermittent fasting and autophagia 101 so that you can kind of get an idea if this is something that perhaps you want to try. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, it's just, it's an eating pattern where you alternate between eating windows and fasting periods of time. So many people who want to lose weight like this strategy because they don't feel restricted in regard to having to follow a calorie control diet. You know, you still do have to eat healthier foods if you do want to lose weight. You just don't have to worry about um, preparing specific meal recipes or meeting calorie limits, like, you know, if you're doing keto or any of those other types of things. Instead, you just eat clean and you eat your normal meals during an eight-hour period and then you fast for the next 16 hours. That's called the 16-8 method. And that happens to be one of the methods that I do. I do intermittent fasting and I've been doing it for probably like two years, if not longer. And I've really, you know, that along with my stepping and my walking have really kept the, um, the weight where I've wanted to be, especially during the pandemic when we really weren't allowed to go to the gym and do any of those type of things. But there are also other intermittent fa fasting methods, ladies. There's the five, two, which is fasting for two non-consecutive days and eating normally on the other fives, alternate day fasting, and there's spontaneous meal skipping. So Let's talk about why does intermittent fasting work, and then let's explain and talk about what is autophagia, all right? So autophagia is a natural body, is the natural body response wherein the body removes dysfunctional parts and cleans and repairs any damaged cells, okay? It literally means self-eating. Now, I know that sounds gross, but it's not really. It's part of the body's response to a biological stressors and toxins, with damaged cells removed and replaced, your body becomes healthier, okay? So while autophagia is a normal self-preservation mechanism for your body, you can induce this process through fasting, through dieting, and through exercise. Most people who do that manage to lose weight and really keep it off for a long time. Autophagia is gaining more attention in the medical field as it is potentially a contrib contributing to treating and preventing some forms of cancer because cancer does not like sugar 
and it does not like being fed all the time. So if you can like fast for part of the time, it may help. So it's just on the horizon and that's what they're looking at as possible. Some of the treatment in cancer prevention, or if you have cancer and helping you with that. Okay. It's, it is also correlated to anti-aging and longevity processes. So when you fast, there's a lot of, you know, fasting has been around for, you know, for centuries. Okay. And there is a method behind, there's a method to the fasting periods biologically that, you know, give, giving your body time off to rest and not have to digest and not have to do a lot of functioning. It allows your body to do what it needs to do to repair. Okay. So let's look at what are some of the benefits of autophagia. Okay. So autophagia in of itself just promotes healthier well-being. So it also aids the body's cellular metabolic process. It reduces inflammation. It slows down the aging process. It stimulates the production of growth hormones. It protects against neurogenitive diseases. It supports the body's immune function. It protects the body against infectious diseases. It can increase your lifespan. It can lower your risk of cancer. It helps to improve liver functioning and it delays the, the progression of some liver conditions. Okay. So how does fasting trigger this process of autophagia or self cleaning or self eating? All right. So fasting ladies can induce autophagia in the body because it's, it subjects the cells to stress due to the prolonged absence of food intake. It's a kind of healthy stress though, not a bad stress that we think about and that we talk about all the time. Unlike dangerous and damaging chronic stress that is due to, you know, our hectic lifestyles and everything else and where it causes inflammation, that type of stress causes inflammation. Autophagia is a type of healthy stress that actually can reduce inflammation and it can reduce the aging process and it can help boost your immune system. Okay. Limited food means that the cells have limited calories and nutrients to use and function correctly. When that happens, it triggers autophagia, making the cells clean out and recycle damaged proteins and cellular parts so that they can function more effectively. So it gives the body time to get rid of unhealthy cells, get rid of toxins, and then start to regenerate more healthier cells in your body. Okay. So a lot of people want to know how long do you have to fast before this autophagia starts? So there, there really is no absolute figure to answer this. Okay. But I've been doing some research and experts say that it typically takes 18 to 20 hours of fasting before, before autophagia starts. The maximal benefits happen after 48 to 72 hours of fasting. That's two to three days, which can help you understand why fasting for a day, then resuming normal eating patterns means autophagia may only be for short term. Okay. So that's why they kind of do two consecutive days. And if you do the five, two plan. And also when my daughter was trying to, when she was losing weight before she got pregnant this last time, her actual trainer told her to, that she was to go on a three day, like juice cleanse fast. And she introduced um, her to um, charcoal and different things like that. But part of it was three days because it takes your body that length of time sometimes in order to notice that something different is happening and to kick it into this autophagia type of mechanism. Okay. And everybody is different. Okay. So the results can vary because people have different metabolic rates. Okay. So some people have slower metabolic rates. Like I can look at food and not gain weight. My husband looks at food and he gains weight. He has a very slow metabolism. I have a very fast metabolism. My daughter has a very slow metabol metabolism like my husband. So 
it can vary for different people, okay? And for some people, going eight hours without food can already prompt autophagia. That means if you have a faster metabolic rate, you know, just eight hours may trigger you into autophagia, where somebody who has a very slow metabolic rate, it may take, you know, a day or two or sometimes three to get into that autophagia part. But then once it starts working, it's going to keep on working if you continue doing your intermittent fasting and doing other things with it. Okay. Others might have to try 24 hours or a five day fasting. Like I just talked about two to three days, five days fasting to experience profound benefits and to start your body kickstarting it into that. So again, it's very individual. Like I talk about for most health things, okay, it's not a one size fit all for everybody, how to start this process and get it going. Okay. It's just, it's a great process once you do get it going and you will notice very quickly, you will notice results. I'm, I noticed results once I started doing it but you got to stick with it like anything else in order to reap the benefits. It's not just like, Oh, I'm going to start doing this today and I'm going to go on a three day fast and I'm going to start autophagy and then I'm going to do intermittent fasting and I'm going to do it for like a week and Oh, nope, don't want to do it anymore. I advise you ladies, like I always do with any type of thing, yo-yo dieting. And I hate the word dieting for weight loss, but yo-yo weight loss methods do more harm to your body than they do good. So if you are not committed to any of these things, okay, and it doesn't matter what plan that you're looking at, okay, just make sure that it's something for you. But if you need to be committed in your mind and in your heart, and if you are not committed to carrying it full out, then don't start it because starting something and then losing weight and then going off of it and gaining the weight back sets your metabolic rate even higher the next time. And it's going to be even harder for you to lose weight down the road if that's something that you want to do. Okay. So really be conscientious about the things that you decide that you want to do or don't do. Okay. Look at your non-negotiables. And we talk about this a lot. What are you willing to do and what are you not willing to do? All right. And if you're not willing to go, you know, 16 hours without food, then this is not something for you, but there's different plans. Like I said, you can do the five, two, you can do two, you know, different things like that. There's different methods, not just that one, but again, you have to make a commitment that this is where you want to go. Okay. So aside from intermittent fasting, you can also help trigger autophagia through other means. Okay. When you combine any or all of this with fasting, it will compound the effect of the efficacy of turn terms of reducing lead time and improving benefits. Okay. So if you add in exercise, it will help because physical activities improves your blood flow and it makes it easier for oxygen and nutrients to reach your cells. Oxygenation helps regulate autophagia. So your wounds heal faster, neurogenesis improves, and inflammation decreases. So the more you give oxygen to your cells and help them to re, you know, regenerate through autophagia, you're going to see a lot of other things, health benefits that come along the way as well. The next thing you want to do besides exercise regularly when you're going to do intermittent fasting, I exercise every single day. I walk. I, I, you know, I do my 250 steps every hour. I do 10,000 steps or more a day, which is about equals out about five miles. You know, I bike ride sometimes when it's cooler in the evening, I swim with my granddaughter, you know, on, on some of the evenings. So you've got to get in some form of regular exercise. You can't just expect, well, you're going to lose weight intermittent fasting anyways. Okay. Because you're going to be restricting, you know, those eating periods. But if you want to see improvement faster, then you'll want to combine it with exercising then you're going to also want to combine it with getting good quality sleep. Aim to have restorative sleep every single night. When the body heals itself, so 
you know, so autophagia, along with this glypho, this, I'm, I'm sorry, it's a glymphatic cleaning system. It is quite effective during sleep. Melatonin, the hormone that controls the sleep weight cycle, is also an autophagia regulator. It supports autophagia's neuroprotective role. So let me go back and explain a little bit here too, okay? When you sleep, how intermittent fasting helps and how sleeping helps, because sleeping is meant for our body to rejuvenate, okay? It is not meant for our body to be digesting our foods, it's a time for our body to be repairing. So that's why no matter whether, no matter what you choose your eating plan or whatnot, I always say, you know, do not eat, you know, two to three hours before you're going to go to sleep because you don't want to eat and then go right to bed and have your body, you know, be digesting foods. Because what happens is when you're digesting foods, your body is being active. Okay. It's active. It's taking nutrients. It's doing what it needs to do with that food. So you are not regenerate. You're not sleeping your, and during your sleep, you are not doing that reparative work that your body needs from the day before. Okay. So make sure that you're sleeping, but when you're sleeping, make sure that you're not also digestion digesting. So that's why, you know, intermittent fasting is good because you're going to, for the 16, eight, however you pick it, most of the time you're going to be stopping to eat at 5 p.m. So if you go to bed at 10, you've got a good four or five hours from the time the last meal that you have until you go to sleep. So that helps it too. But like I said, when you are sleeping and you're fasting, this is the time when the body is going to do a lot of repair work. Okay. So that's why you want to get good quality sleep. Okay. And then you want to take time to relax and free yourself from any kind of trauma. And trauma is many things to many different people. Okay. Pain, guilt, regrets, bitterness, unforgiving of people can have prolonged and um, profound psychological effects down to our cellular level. Okay. You need to release these things that are causing you trauma so that the cells don't experience chronic stress that can affect autophagia. Okay. Because trauma is a chronic stress and it's not a good type of stress. So you want to kind of try to heal some of those wounds, do relaxing activities such as meditation, yoga, you know, get out in nature, go for a hike, you know, exposure to natural, to nature helps so much and it helps regulate autophagia in a big way. Journal some of these things out, all these th different things, you know, we don't talk about them week after week on the show and with our guests and with everything else, just because, you know, for, for our health, we're talking about it because science is backing up all these things that we talk about as helping you to be better and to have more energy and to be healthier overall so that you can go out there and do all the things that you were meant to do in this world. Okay. Now the flip side is people ask, is there a downside to this autophagia? Okay. And autophagia is not always good for the body. Okay. In excess, autophagia can kill healthy cells in your heart and it can lead to some heart problems according to some studies. Okay. So you need to strike a balance and keep autophagia highly regulated. And you do that in intermittent fasting. That means achieving a controlled and balanced cycle of eating and fasting. Okay. So you're not fasting all the time, you know, for days on end or going on a juice fast for a month that is not recommended. And I don't ever recommend that to any of my clients. Okay. So your cells will repair and they will regenerate during fasting and they'll grow when you're eating. And that's what you want to do. You want to have that balance. Intermittent fasting is not ideal for pregnant women, 
for children who are below 18 years of age because they need to be getting proper nutrients and eating their different meals and getting different nutrients because their bodies are growing. And it's not sometimes beneficial for even breastfeeding women because they need a higher caloric intake. And it also depends too, sometimes, you know, you have to look at your period cycle and your cycle to see, you know, how intermittent fasting is going to fit in there too, because intermittent fasting may affect your cycle and make you not feel well. Because sometimes for some women, especially around your period, if you have heavy periods, you need to eat different foods to keep your mood up and to keep your hormonal balance during those, you know, through, during your cycle time. So you may want to regulate your intermittent fasting differently around your cycle time than you do throughout the other parts of the month. Okay. So you also want to always make sure that you are healthy and that intermittent fasting is something that you can undertake. So you always want to go and check with your medical provider to make sure that, you know, periods of fasting are not going to, you know, affect you. All right. So if you're diabetic, you've got to talk to your, you know, your provider and see, Hey, how is this going to affect my eating patterns? You know, is it going to help because you can do this, but again, you have to know how to do it and you want to do it correctly. So you want to talk to somebody who understands about intermittent fasting. And a lot of times, you know, it's not your regular Western medical person. It's usually, you know, a nutritionist. It's usually a functional medicine provider um, or a nurse practitioner or physician assistant or somebody who's into alternative things and looking at different things. You know, a nutritionist can also help with intermittent fasting. And, you know, you can also be your own self-care advocate, which I always talk to you about and you can do research and you can go on the internet and you can look at, um, different intermittent fastings. You can even Google, you know, how can I do intermittent fasting if I happen to have X, Y, Z problem or disease? And it will, and it will show you, you can always talk to a lot of, you know, pharmacists, you know, well, not all pharmacists, but normally health food store people who work in a health food store in the supplement department, they know a lot beyond their, beyond their years of, of what's healthy and what's not healthy. And you can just reach out to a lot of different people. And there's, there's a plethora of information, you know, out there online that can help you with this too, where you can get, become proactive. Okay. Meaning you're your number one self-care advocate and you are doing some research and you're finding out if this is good. And then you can go talk to your medical provider about it after you're armed and equipped with your knowledge, because sometimes they don't have the knowledge. And just because they don't have the knowledge, they're going to say, oh no. And a lot of them just do poo poo things if they don't have knowledge in it, because they're not going to steer you in a direction that they don't know anything about. So again, don't get discouraged. If they don't know anything about it, look for somebody who may, and who can help you with this. So let's talk about, cause you know, I always talk about food and about good nutrition. So what are some of the foods that increase autophagia? While intermittent fasting doesn't have a specific list of foods to avoid, it does mean that you can indulge in whatever food you want and overeat during your eating windows. Okay. So you don't want to do that. Okay. Just because you're eating for, you know, you're fasting for 16 and they're saying, okay, for eight, you can eat. That doesn't mean that during those eight hours, you're going to binge out on donuts, pizza, hot dogs, and you know, all of this kind of stuff that's unhealthy for you during eight hours and expect that your body's going to rejuvenate during the next 16, that because you're fasting for those 16 hours, you can just do whatever. No. Okay. You need to eat healthy during those eight hours and give your body the nutrients that it needs so that it can do the regenerative process that it needs to do during those 16 hours. Okay. So it's important to stick to healthy food choices to appreciate your, the full health benefits, including weight loss and triggering autophagia. 
So things that you um, can do, the foods that help you to increase autophagia are whole foods and green leafy vegetables are among the most, you know, among the most must-haves in your meals. And some of the other things you can include is coffee, no sugar or cream. Coffee can help induce autophagia, caffeinated or decaffeinated during the fasting window. You can maximize its, uh, its effects by drinking coffee earlier in the day. Studies shown have shown that when you induce autophagia within one to four hours after it can, oh, it can induce autophagia within one to four hours after consumption. So I don't particularly like my coffee black. So I use soy milk, which has some protein in it. And I also don't use any sugar. I use stevia or I, I use monk fruit that has no caloric intake, but I do drink coffee in the morning and I make mine sort of like bulletproof because I put some coconut oil in there. So it helps stave off some of the hunger. And I also, you know, depends on what it is. Okay. The next thing, you know, my boss loves this and I love it too, is green tea. If you're fasting intermittently, you're allowed to drink tea during the fasting windows. Green tea contains um, those polyphenols, which can induce autophagia to revitalize your body. And it can help during those also during you know, that fasting period. So you can drink water, you can drink tea, you can have coffee with no sugar or cream during those fasting hours. You just can't have, you're not eating food per se. Okay. Berries like Blueberries, strawberries, and acai berries can induce autophagia in the brain. And you want that because you want to get rid of those yucky cells in your brain to help keep your brain clean and free of toxins because this helps protect the brain cells from free radicals, which can lead to, you know, um, dementia or Alzheimer's down the road. Ginger has a bioactive component called 6-Shogal that induces autophagia because of its anti-inflammatory properties. That's why you hear of ginger as a common remedy to common illnesses and other diseases. You can spice up your food with ginger, you can drink hot ginger tea, or you can eat ginger raw. Now, if you eat it raw, it's very spicy and you have to have a certain taste for that too. Turmeric, like ginger, can spice up your food and it can help you know, instead of salt intake. Its active component, curcumin, has been found in numerous studies to induce autophagia. It's been studied for cancer treatment as well. Pomegranates, and right now pomegranates are out for the summer. They have natural compounds found in pomegranate and other fruits can help activate autophagia. They have, it's anti-inflammatory and it can help keep the gut healthy to protect you against diseases and infections. Use extra virgin olive oil. Olive oil can activate autophagia, particularly in the brain. Studies have shown that extra virgin olive oil, EVOO, can help protect the brain from diseases like Alzheimer's disease, prevent, preserve your memories, and help to reduce inflammation. The next step is one of my favorites, avocado. It's one of the most recommended foods that you can eat when you're doing intermittent fasting. It's rich in omega-3 fatty acids that can induce autophagia. It's unsaturated fat content makes you feel hung, feel less hungry longer. So you feel full longer in essence. So your body doesn't go into emergency starvation modes. I happen to put, when I do my smoothie for my, during my fasting, I, I start off my fasting when I start to eat with a smoothie and I put a half of a half of an avocado in there too, to make it thicker. And it also helps me so that I can get to, you know, then I don't, I'm not hungry as fast so I can go longer without necessarily eating a whole big thing. So I can space out my time during those eight hours. Okay. The next thing up that I love also is broccoli because broccoli and other coriferous vegetables are rich in antioxidants that come that complement and help autophagia. Antioxidants help protect the cells against free radicals. Fatty fish, like I always talk about, 
is rich in omega-3 acids that are essential for maintaining a healthy body, particularly the brain and the heart. They have antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and anti-aging properties too. So include sardines, salmon, and mackerel in your meal plans throughout your week if you can do it. Almonds and walnuts, and I happen to love walnuts. These are rich in healthy fats, vitamins, and antioxidants, which can help keep your cells healthier. They're known for their anti-aging and longevity benefits. So other healthy food choices to include when you're fasting, garlic, because it helps your gut. It's also a a prebiotic. Eggs, spinach, Brussels sprouts, bone broth. And ladies, if you're, even if you're vegan or vegetarian, there are other natural sources that you can do for bone broth. It doesn't have to necessarily come from animals that you can make too. Kale is also very good. Okay. So as you know, we're going to talk about the flip side, what foods stop or prevent autophagia. And you already know this. Okay. These are the highly processed foods You know, the sugar ones, the dairy products, the wheat-based products, the ones that have a ton of saturated fat, because in general, in general, whether you're fasting or not, these foods can trigger inflammation and they hinder your body from going into autophagia on any level, okay? So those things include bread, breakfast cereals, pasta, pizza, cake, maple syrup, corn syrup, sports drinks, low-fat yogurt loaded with carbs, carbonated beverages, cheese, butter. It's not that you can't have some of these things, ladies. It's just that you have to have them in very low limits and low moderation of how you're going to take these things in. And some of these things I wouldn't even do even in moderation. Okay. So it just depends on, again, you know, how fast you want to lose weight, you know, how healthy you want to be and how you want intermittent fasting. If you're going to decide to do that, how you want it to play out in your body. Okay. Because you can eat a bunch of junk food for eight hours and then fast and you will see no results, most likely, okay? Or it's gonna take you a hell of a lot longer. Or you can have good food during those eight hours and you're gonna see results a lot faster. And it's not to say that maybe during those eight hours that you don't have a donut every now and then because I have, we do donut Thursdays at my office. I bring donuts for my staff and I'll have a donut. But that's just one day out of entire seven days, okay? So you can do things in moderation, okay? You can make your own sports drinks. You can now buy monk fruit maple syrup that is very low in carbs, okay? You can do maybe cauliflower pizza and use um, vegan cheese or something different. Or maybe, yes, you can go out and have your pasta dinner, you know, but look at how your day is structured so that you don't eat so much high-laden carbs and then have that carb dinner and eat it early like you're going to. So ladies, you know, I just want to end here by saying that intermittent fasting has proven an effective method for many people who want to lose weight and who want to maintain a healthy overall lifestyle, okay? It also helps induce autophagia like we've been talking about, um, which is the body's response to stressors, one of which is food deprivation and toxins. Autophagia prompts the cells to remove dysfunctional proteins and recycle damaged parts. So if you're practicing intermittent fasting, it helps to know what foods can increase autophagia. And these are whole foods, vegetables, and other choices that are rich in antioxidants. However, autophagia is not always positive, so you need to strike a balance between fasting and normal eating. You, want, you don't want to just do fasting for prolonged periods of time without any food as nutrients. Otherwise, it can lead to a detrimental effect. So it's always good, ladies, to consult your healthcare provider for proper guidance, especially if you have any existing health conditions and or you're taking any medication so you can make sure that you are on the healthier path. 
So if you have any further questions about intermittent fasting, let me know. You can always hit me up in the DMs over on Instagram at Well Woman Network. You can join our group, Well Woman Network 360 on Facebook, or you can just, and you can leave me a comment there as too. You can go to our website, wellwomannetwork.com, and you can join our VIP newsletter um, where we bring more of these things. And if you tell me that you want me to expand on a topic or go over it differently, then please let me know in one of those formats how... I can help you out. You can also email me at michelle at wellwomannetwork.com and I will read your email. If you have any questions about anything that I can come back and talk on the podcast about, email me at michelle at wellwomannetwork.com. I won't say your name if you don't want me to. Just use your initials and I can maybe answer your questions on one of the podcasts too because I always like having Ask Michelle episodes. And as always, please go over and leave us a rating and review over on iTunes because I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. So ladies, it's the end. And you know, I always wish you a healthy and happy week ahead and may God richly bless your life and talk to you next week and bye for now. 